0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 50 called A Word to Sustain the Weary.
1: Do you have the tongue of a disciple? You know, what happens is the more truth shapes your life, the more it comes out of your mouth. Those, those things just, have you ever noticed, uh, after I became a Christian, um, and maybe it's because I'm just naive and I'm not around those words as much, but <laughs> sometimes it'll happen to me. Uh, I, I'm not playing racquetball right now, but I'd be in the racquetball court with a group of unbelievers who know I'm a pastor, and a word will slip, they'll not make a shot or not be pleased with the shot I made. And they'll say, oh, pastor, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And I said, you may kiss my ring and I'll give you absolution. Go ahead. <laughs> nice. No, I just say, hey, look, I'm not the one that you should be worried about. But I've been tempted many times, and you might want to use this, to say to a young person who's talking that way, and, and I, I actually said this to a, a young man that I'm coaching in the last couple weeks. I said, You know, when you spoke that way, this is a young teenage man, young man. I said, that reflected on you. Those words that you used, he was unhappy at something that happened in the game. And he made it known. I said, that that spoke of who you are. That spoke about what's in here. That's a reflection of you. The only way people will really know you, get this, is how you speak and conduct yourself. People will conclude things about how you speak. Jesus said, your heart is revealed by your speech. I know a lot of you young people, you're on the campus, that's all you hear, all day long. And maybe you get sick of it, maybe you find it hard not to speak that way, but I'm telling you, the more your life is informed by truth, the more you'll, you'll realize you don't need to talk that way. And to me, it's like develop a vocabulary other than those words. It really makes you look dumb. But I think the pressure is to be cool. See, Jesus had the tongue of a disciple and people, when they encountered Jesus, they said, never did a man speak this way. Now, I I want just a little bit of that. I want to leave an impression upon people that shocks them by the difference that they find. I don't need to curse. I don't need to run everybody down to make myself feel better. As a matter of fact, I'm finding that a little word of encouragement to someone who's used to being beat up can change their life. We had a memorial service for uh, Candace Green, who uh, many of you got a chance to get to know her a little bit. She went home to be with the Lord, fought cancer for a long time. And person after person at her memorial service walked up here to this podium and said, Candace changed my life because when everybody else was down on me, she said, you can make it, sweetheart. God loves you. There's something good that's going to happen. And she spoke words of life, and those, those people were up here crying. And for some of them, those words had been spoken decades before, and they couldn't forget it because they were so used to everybody running them down and nobody ever saying something positive to them. Like, you know what? God loves you, and you, you're okay. You're going to make it. See, Jesus had the tongue of a disciple, of the learned one, and I would say to you that this is something important for a gospel ministry. We should be people who can articulate our faith, here's a word, cogently. What does that mean? Clearly. We should be people who are able to know arguments and how to present a, a cosmological argument. What's that? That's a big word that means, if someone says to you, there's no God, say, well, how do you think everything got here? Well, I don't know, it was an explosion 20 billion years ago. Explosions cause a lot of order, don't they? They design a lot of things, right? And say to them, you know what? You're a person of great faith. To believe an explosion could design your eye? Hey, let me tell you something. See that building across the street? 20 million years ago, something exploded and a bunch of parts started going... And they all came together to form the windows and the door handles and paint that, uh, the edges that certain color and everything just... Come on. See, the informed person, he can give a good word, a word of truth, and that word, look at the middle of verse 4, can sustain somebody. I don't know about you, but I am sustained on the word of God. See, sustained, I think of sustenance. The word of God is my food. Amen? I know that's why you're here. The word of God is your food. He knows how to sustain you with a word. So if you're a Christian who's been walking with the Lord for a while, what do you do you do? Well, sometimes you're going through something and you, and we say, stand upon a promise. And we say, well, Why should we do that? Because that promise is is true because it's impossible for God to lie. And that word can sustain you. It's a word of truth. It's a word of a promise. It's a word of light. And that is what a disciple does. And I pray that that's what we will do. See, we're to model, we're to be like Jesus, conformed into his image. Not only did he have the tongue of the disciple, but look at verse four, end of the verse. He awakens me, the servant, the Messiah, morning by morning, every morning, he awakens me what? He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Not only did Jesus speak as a disciple, he listened as a disciple. And as the old jingle says, you can't have one without the other. You see, you guys know all these things, don't you, right? You can't have the tongue of a disciple unless you have the ear of a disciple and notice the key phrase of a disciple what's a disciple it's someone who says i'm a learner and follower as a matter of fact the disciple says he jesus is my what master lord savior what he do what he says i do That's what a disciple says. Whatever master says, that's what I do. He doesn't do what I say. I do what he says. And when my ear is open, then my mouth will follow suit. And here's the problem with Israel. I called. There's nobody there. I called. Nobody answered. I wondered, is anybody listening? And way back, if you remember all the way back in Isaiah 6... God told Isaiah, "This will be your ministry. You will keep on going, saying to these people and talking to them, and they won't listen, and they won't change." And you had, I have to wonder what Isaiah was thinking. Oh, great! So I'm going to keep on going to these people, and they won't listen. That's right. So Isaiah showed up at churches and probably said, "Here's my message this morning. I'm going to keep on speaking, and none of you will listen. Have a nice day. Go to the next church." Uh, The message this morning is I will keep on talking and none of you will apply what I have said. Have a good day. That's it. See, there had to be a time when Israel was broken to listen. And the breaking was their captivity. You see, brothers and sisters, sometimes what God does to get our attention is unpleasant. See, it wasn't that he didn't love them. He sent them into captivity because he knew that without that captivity, they weren't going to wake up. And then once they went through it, they started asking questions like, why am I here? And Does God care about us? And are we ever getting out of here? And the answer to all those questions is yes, 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 yes. But there are some valuable lessons to be learned here. And I think after that Babylonian captivity, Israel didn't want to see any more idols. At least, if you were there for seventy years, and and there were people, excuse me, like Daniel who hung in there, didn't he? Even under Nebuchadnezzar and change of leadership, Daniel resolved to serve the Lord. See the the Messiah, the Servant's going to come in. And he's going to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. This is the gospel. He's going to live like we never lived. He's going to be the ultimate Israel, the ultimate disciple. The Lord God, the sovereign Yahweh, five, has opened my ear. Think of the um, the voluntary bond slave, the doulos, who gets his ear pierced with that awl. You remember when he decides he's going to serve his master? And they bore that hole in his ear, and he's committed himself to his master. God has opened my ear and he says, I was not disobedient, this is the Messiah, nor did I turn back. God had a plan, the father had a plan, the son and the father together. And what was the plan? I gave, verse six, my back to those who strike me, my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard, And I did not cover my face from humility humiliation and spitting. All of a sudden Isaiah does something that should just cause our hearts to soar. He says, You know how God is gonna ultimately answer this dilemma of our waywardness? He's gonna send his son. And he will be the ultimate servant, the ultimate disciple, the ultimate Israel. And he will do the Father's will. And by virtue of him doing the Father's will, we will be redeemed. And all the way back, 700 years before Jesus is ever born, the book of Isaiah predicts his suffering in detail and says his back will be struck. Think of the cat of nine tails that opened up his back, perhaps even exposed his vital organs. It says, my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. We have no New Testament record of this, but it was depicted, you remember, in the Passion of the Christ, I think it was depicted, that they pulled out a chunk of his beard. And this would be a way to express disgust and disdain and hatred for For a person you'd actually pull out a chunk of their beard now for those of you who have beards guys i don't know if you've ever taken a tweezer and tried to pull out one of your hairs and your beard it is not pleasant Uh -uh! can you imagine someone grabbing a handful of your beard and ripping it off of your face that's part, prophetically, of what he suffered. He said, I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. Um, in John eighteen twenty-two and 23, there's the mention of the striking in Matthew 27 of him being spit at and mocked, his head covered, and him being beat. We'll get back to Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah in a moment. But first, Pastor Michael has an invitation for you. If you're looking for a fellowship to participate in and you're anywhere within driving distance of the Inland Empire, I pastor a church along with other pastors. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. And we do two Sunday morning services each Sunday, 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., We happen to be moving through the book of Philippians at the current moment. Hey, plan on joining us this weekend. We'd love to have you. I'd love to meet you. I'll meet you right there at the donuts. Maybe we'll split a maple bar. (laughs) And hey, remember, if you can't join us, if you're not within the Inland Empire, then find a good, healthy Bible teaching church and go and serve the Lord because he's worthy. And when we're part of the body, an active part of the body, man, it makes a big difference in our lives and the lives of others. So make sure you are plugged in to fellowship this weekend. God bless you. Learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. When you visit
0: walkintruth.com or call eight four four forty-eight truth. That's eight four four forty-eight truth. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth.
1: Perhaps even exposed his vital organs. It says, my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. We have no New Testament record of this, but it was depicted, you remember in the Passion of the Christ, I think it was depicted, that they pulled out a chunk of his beard. And this would be a way to express disgust and disdain and hatred for a person. You'd actually pull out a chunk of their beard. Now, for those of you who have beards, guys, I don't know if you've ever taken a tweezer and tried to pull out one of your hairs and your beard. It is not pleasant. Poink! Can you imagine someone grabbing a handful of your beard and ripping it off of your face? That's part, prophetically, of what he suffered. He said, I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. Um... In John 18: 22 and 23 there's the mention of the striking in Matthew 27 of him being spit at and mocked, his head covered and him being beat. For the Lord God, the sovereign Yahweh helps me. See, though Jesus was uh, subjected to this, God was with him. He never turned on him. Therefore, I am not disgraced, therefore, this is from Luke 951. You can look at it later. Therefore I have set my face like flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Jesus resolutely set his face to go to Jerusalem though though he knew he would suffer the cross and die in a horrible way. He who vindicates me is near. The Lord is near. Who will contend with me? Jesus said in John's gospel, which one of you convinces me or convicts me of sin? Nobody could. That's John 8, 46. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? NIV, who is my accuser? There were false accusers, but all they were was false. Let him draw near to me. Behold, the Lord God, the sovereign Yahweh helps me. Who is he who condemns me? Behold, they, all those people that look so important, Pontius Pilate, Herod, they will wear out like a garment the moth will eat them. People that look so huge and so important in the face of your Christian witness, oh, I don't know if I can speak up now. You know what? They're gonna wear out like a garment, like a moth-eaten garment. Who is among you who that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice, notice of who? His servant, that's Jesus, that walks in darkness and has no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Turn to the Lord. Trust in him. That's the point. And then the last couple of verses here. Behold all you who kindle a fire. Are we at 11 now? Yeah. Behold all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with firebrands. Walk in the light of your fire. These are This is kind of a self-created fire. And among the brands you have set ablaze, this you will have from my hand, And then it ends with, you will lie down in torment. As I read on this verse, and this is the end of the message, the commentator said, the people depicted here are people who create their own light. And they think, if I've created my own fire and light and walk in it, then I'm good. But what they've shown from this verse is that sometimes it's better to struggle through a dark time with the Lord than to have self-created light that will lead to torment. This is the opposite of John 8, 12. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. We know that's God's light, but here that's that's not what this is talking about. This is a self-created light. This is me doing it on my own. This is the problem with Israel, self-salvation. I'll save myself. I'm good. I can light my own fire. I can take care of myself. And God says, if you depend on that light, you're gonna be lost. It's a false light. But if you struggle through difficult times like this captivity with me on your side and you press through as a Christian, bow your hearts with me. I will be with you. Bow your head with me. Father, um, we are so tempted to create our own idols and gods and we struggle with that, Lord, of being self-sufficiency is celebrated in our culture and We can do that in our Christian life. We can think it's about our works. We can think it's about our um, gifts. And we can lose the fact that you are a faithful God who wants to move through our lives. You want to be the light in our lives. And as we see Israel, we see a picture of us. We are prone to wander, Lord, we feel it. We're prone to leave the God we love, and yet... What's amazing about you, Lord, is that you will never leave us or forsake us. And perhaps the best way to see Israel's situation is that it was a separation. It was a time away, a time to figure things out. But I think they figured it out that, you know what, there's nowhere else to go. There's no one like our God. There's no ultimate satisfaction in temporary things. And, and when they go bad, man, they go bad. And we're so grateful, Lord, that here in these chapters that are challenging the people of Israel, emerging from the shadows is the servant of Yahweh, the one who would bear our sins in his body, the one who would, be, who would go to Jerusalem, his face set like flint. He would not be deterred. He was resolute because he knew he would bring many to righteousness. And we are counted among those, Lord, and we celebrate. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and Lord, if God forbid you died tonight, my question is simple, would you be in heaven? If you don't know the answer to that question, run to Jesus Christ. Tell him that you believe that he died on the cross for you. Tell him you believe that he rose again from the dead. Tell him that you're sorry for your sin. You're sorry for running away, whatever it is, and run to him. Be reconciled to God. If you're a Christian tonight, maybe you've been feeling forsaken or forgotten. He has not forgotten you. He loves you. He's inscribed you on the palms of his hands. His eyes are upon you and he will not leave you nor will he forsake you. So hold on because he will not let go of you. Trust in him. Stand upon his promises. No matter what the enemy is throwing your way, keep pressing forward, not backward. And even when you feel like you can't make it, he'll carry you. Just cast your cares to him. He does care for you. And Lord, for those who, whatever you did in their hearts tonight, whatever's of you, let it percolate in our souls and let us respond in a way that would glorify you. With the ear and tongue of a disciple, let us move forward glorifying you, being ambassadors of this message of reconciliation to the world. We ask all of this in Jesus' most awesome and mighty name. Amen.
0: You've been listening to A Word to Sustain the Weary, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 50. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. And with our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events and services, both for you and your kids. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app because you can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go.
1: In Isaiah 50, verse 7, it says, I have set my face like flint. And we remember that Jesus set his face like flint toward Jerusalem. And what was that about? Well, he was heading for the cross. He was heading for his own death and then triumphant resurrection. And those who opposed him, ultimately, though they thought they got their will done, they stumbled over the stumbling stone. But those who supported him, ultimately, even through their grief and pain, you know, stepped up, as it were, because Christ is the rock. And as if chapter 50 gives us another insight into the beauty of his self humiliation, but also to the end of those who will oppose the gospel and end up in the fire, as it were, of his wrath. And this is the choice that you and I have before us, whether or not we will trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or if ultimately we're going to face him as our judge. And the beauty of the gospel, my friend, is that the judge took your judgment. He took the fire of the wrath of God for you so that you could be delivered from it. And if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior now, is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Make him your Lord and your Savior. It's something this simple, yet this profound. Lord Jesus, I believe who you are. I believe that you're the creator and sustainer of the earth. I believe that you came on a rescue mission to save me. These prophecies verify that for me in the Old Testament. I believe that you're God in human flesh. I believe you died on that terrible cross to pay my judgment, to take my judgment. I believe that you defeated death, my mortal enemy, triumphantly so I could live. Oh, I turn my life over to you. If you're a prodigal, pray to him right now. Lord, I come back. I'm sorry. Thank you for what you took for me at that terrible cross. Thank you for your ministry today to your people, Lord. Bless each one who's opening their hearts. Bless the weary saint that needs a word to sustain them in this given moment. Bless, because there's so much tough stuff going on in this world, Lord. Oh, help us lean into you, trust in you, and find that the joy of the Lord is our strength. This is Pastor Michael. will catch you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow.
0: And don't forget, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, And it helps us do our free apologetic events, too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 51 called Look to the Rock. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.